Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, sometimes cross-stitching, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 106. Hello friends! Oh my goodness, it's good to be back. As usual, I did not mean to take such a long break, but life just backs up on us sometimes this time of year. Even without the rush to get kids back into school and all the extracurricular activities that used to come at this time of year, um, even as an empty nester, it somehow just feels busy. And probably because the last two years we have chosen to basically take our summer vacation in September. So yes, we went to Chicago. Um, We took a family trip to Chicago to go visit my daughter, who recently moved there, moved there at the beginning of August. So we kind of gave her some time to settle in. And it was a great trip. And first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that emailed me or in some way got in touch with me to... um, help me plan the things we were going to do during that vacation. I appreciate all of it. We did quite a lot. We didn't quite get to everything, but we have to leave things for um, future trips, right? Which um, may just be for my husband and I, which will be a lot cheaper, if you know what I mean, about eating out with a family of five adults, two meals a day. Crazy. So my daughter lives um, north of downtown Chicago, and this very cute little neighborhood, very walkable. My husband and I in the mornings, we got an Airbnb near her apartment. And um, and I never lived in one of these, or stayed in one of these kind of brownstone type um, buildings that I've admired for so many years in Chicago and didn't really realize what it would feel like. They're so narrow and deep. And so in our Airbnb, you'd come into the walk in and to the left was um, basically the, a, a living room and then just off that a little bit like of an office and then if you turn right it's just a long hallway that's got a dining room the bedrooms and at the other end the kitchen so it's just like this one hall long hallway the building was like 120 years old and the floor squeaked like nobody's business nobody could get up in the middle of the night and creep to the bathroom <laughs> without everybody like waking up and it was crazy and then you could hear the people above us squeaking so that was kind of funny it was fine but um anyways it was a very very nice um little airbnb and because it wasn't in downtown chicago it was you know quite affordable and um so in the mornings my husband and i we you know got up the first morning and walked to this adorable little grocery store and it was like you know i think my daughter actually drives to a a bigger grocery store which is just a little bit cheaper but if you need something there's a very nice sized grocery store there with a lot of selection and because it's near um loyola university there's a lot of reasonable restaurants there's even a small target around there so she can really get around just walking you know in her neighborhood which i think is just a little book used bookstore like super cute um so um we you know kind of got up and and she's and just and walked over to like michigan in the morning very nice it was all very nice and then um because my friend vicky over at my creative corner three recommended it we bought the city pass which um, was like, I don't know, $135, but it gave you entrance into five different attractions around Chicago. And that worked out perfectly for us. We definitely got our money's worth out of that. We also got everybody a train pass for a week so that we could hop on and off trains because where she lives and where we were staying, um, 
it was about a depending on when you went, we're in Chicago, but let's just say on average, about a 30 minute train ride into the city, which was totally fine. It was, you know, I kind of get got a kick out of it. Maybe it would get old later. I don't know. But um, so that was, that was fun because that's not something I get a chance to do very often. But um, we went to, um, I'm still going to call it the Sears Tower. It's apparently called like the Willis Tower now. Um, but the guy on our architectural boat ride still is calling it the Sears Tower, so I feel vindicated. But my gosh, when my um, best friend and I went to the Sears Tower, what must be 30 plus years ago now, I was talking to her about it the other night, and we think maybe it was free. Um, and you just got in an elevator and you went there and you looked out the windows. It's like a ride at Disneyland now where they have so many things for you to look at to keep you know, uh, entertained while you wait. And they've got this thing called the ledge, where it's this big glass box that you can step out into and look down straight down. I think it's 1400 feet, you know, it's, uh, so we did all the fun pictures there. But so that was, that was wonderful. It was just so great to be back in Chicago. I still just love that city. Um, we also did the architectural river tour, which I had never done. I've done the tour that takes you through the lock and along the coast. Um, of, of Lake Michigan and, you know, looking into Chicago, which I would like to do again. So that'll be something we save for, for next time. Um, the first full day we were there was my youngest son's 21st birthday. So we did a very nice dinner at this restaurant called Gibson's, Gibson's Italia, which is Gibson's Steakhouse, but also has some Italian things. And we kind of did the whole thing family style and it was incredible. It was definitely, you know, it was a luxury item, <laughs> but it was so much fun and, and absolutely probably the best restaurant meal I've ever had in my life. So that was amazing. Um, then the next day we had a little bit more of a low-key day. We took the train just to Lincoln Park. We went through the zoo and the conservatory, and we just got back to the area that when I was working, that's where I spent a lot of time. We walked down Lakeshore Drive and down the Magnificent Miles. There's a very cool, like, three-story Starbucks building on Michigan Avenue that is has like this experimental floor. There's things there you can only get at that particular Starbucks. I didn't really buy anything. We did do, we all shared a couple flights of espresso martinis, which um, I now can confirm that are not my thing. I kind of suspected it, but it seemed like a fun thing to do. Um, so that was fun. Um, but that was a little bit more of a low-key day. Um, the next day, on Thursday, we went to the Art Institute, um, you know, and we're eating great meals during all of this, you know, Thai food, ramen, this great Italian dinner all, all over the place. Um, and we went to um, that night. This was so much fun. Okay, I have to back up a little bit. The weekend before we left, my husband was doing yard work and he's listening to all his podcasts. And we are big NPR fans. I've been listening to NPR for many, you know, decades. And one of the most fun shows that, that we like, it was called um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I'm sure some of you know it. It's, an, it's, a, it's a news quiz show and it's funny. They always have what I kind of call B-list um, comedians on there um, that are taking quizzes and, and being funny. So anyways, it's hosted by this guy named Peter Sagel. And um, my husband comes in and says, you know, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is recorded in downtown Chicago. So we got tickets for that for one night on Thursday night. So we had dinner um, at this fun Italian restaurant. We walked down to the Studebaker Theater 
And um, it reminded me of when we drug all our kids to um, a Tower of Power concert. There was a, this outdoor concert in Ojai one time where they were absolutely the youngest people there. You know, everyone is like our age. Same thing uh, at uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. They're, they're all our age. But anyway, so we th- we're kind of worried that they're going to th- think it's lame. Um, but they grew up listening to the show on Saturdays as we were driving them to fencing and soccer and, you know, SAT exams, all those sorts of things. And so um, it was so fun to watch that show um, being recorded and how, you know, I mean, it it's a live recording, but like every, you know, but it it's, it's recorded on Thursday nights. It airs on Saturday. So there's plenty of time to edit. So if somebody, you know, if, if uh, the host sort of stumbles when he's reading an intro or something, he just stops and starts over and, you know, so they can just edit out the, the bad take. And then even at the end, they say, okay, when we're done here, I, we need like three or four minutes um, to uh, to fix anything that, that didn't go quite right. And so they've all got these monitors in their ear and you can just hear them just like read lines over you know over again that for whatever reason and I kind of wonder if it's because the audience was laughing so much you know you you didn't get a good take on it but what was um, I mean these guys are really performers what really um, stuck out to me is um, I'll get to this in a second there are interviews there's like an usually an interview um, like with a, a, a celebrity and then also people there's this whole thing where people call in and um, and answer quiz questions and things like that and in the moment you know there's some, some real excitement in, in the host's voice as he's talking to them. And it was funny to me to hear him have to do another take that was no longer live with that guest, but he could get right back into that, that energy, like such an actor. So it was really good. So the really fun part is there's usually, there's a celebrity guest who comes on and does a segment called Not My Job, where it, it's, they, they, whatever this person is known for, they're going to answer some questions about something that is, um, kind of like in a in a funny pun way related to their job and um the the guest that called in live to the show to do that segment was hillary clinton which we thought was so fun and so amazing and uh, he went into a whole story about how um you know like 10 years ago he had met her at like a fundraiser event or something and said i would really love to have you on the show and she said i will totally do that sometime and Ours was the show where that promise was finally fulfilled. And so that was very cool. The whole thing was very funny. And our kids had a great time and thought it was fun because we were worried they would think it was lame. But we all like really enjoyed it. So that was kind of the the thing we didn't expect to do, but uh, ended up doing in Chicago that was very fun. We also, we did the Shedd Aquarium. We did, you know, the walking along the lake a lot, things like that. It was just, um, it was a great time it was great to see my daughter's apartment and to know where she lives so when I talk to her I can kind of picture it in my head a little bit better so anyways thank you to everyone who weighed in on what we should do I totally appreciate it and with that let's get into the quilting segment oh you know part of the reason I haven't uh, podcasted is that I just have not been very crafty lately but um I did pull out the Cabin Valley quilt, which I had, you know, I put that together. I've, I've talked about that in past podcasts. I, I put that together so quickly. Um, I just got to the point where I was doing the sashing between the rows. And these are modern log cabin blocks on point. And the sashing, go, so 
goes diagonally and I knew I was going to have to measure and I just weirdly felt a little intimidated about getting it right and I didn't want to mess up because I am down to the wire with my background fabric and I'm not a hundred percent sure I know what it is. Probably Moda Bella 97 because I think I like that a little better than Motabella 98, which is very white. But anyways, and I, you know, I could take a piece to the quilt shop or whatever, but I just, I want to make what I have work. So um, then we were going to leave on vacation. So, um, you know, I cleaned up my, my sewing room. I put my design ball board away and folded everything up and put it in a little project container and, you know, just generally straightened up. And I just have felt paralyzed to go get it all back out again and then my friend Minky uh, Minky Kim you know her uh, Ziriano she um, came over for tea on Friday and she was just looking you know she does between her fabric lines and her YouTube channel and you know she is so prolific with her patterns but she was kind of looking for a little inspiration and we had tea over at my house and we sat in my sewing room and she said I can tell you're not doing anything this place is way too neat (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she was 100% right. It felt kind of convicted by that. I'm like, oh, you're right. I need to get back to sewing in the evenings. So yesterday I drug that. Um, I keep my my uh, design wall, which is one of those just big, it's seven foot by four feet, feet wide insulation board with um, batting taped to it, just duct taped to the back, which I really need to take off and do again. It's getting a little, it's getting a little saggy. But anyways, I keep it behind the china cabinet in my dining room, which is also my sewing space. So I was able to pull that out and I got, pulled out all the row, the rows are all together and got them all put up there. I would love it if this design wall was half again as wide, just another two feet would be just fine. Six feet wide would be plenty. Um, but it's not. So the, my quilts, but when I get them put together, they sag off the edges. But anyways, I got it put together um, and looked at the instructions, figured out how to uh, do this, this row sashing, which sounds ridiculous that I somehow thought that was going to be hard. But, um, and I got the first one done. And so now the, the, hopefully the blockage is over and I'm going to finish up this quilt. And then I will have three quilts to, to send to the long armor and um, can really spend some time thinking about what is the next project that I want to make for the house. Um, I talked in the last podcast about the fact I've been redoing the two bedrooms that were, um, you know, the childhood bedrooms of my three kids. The two boys shared a room with bunk beds and my daughter had her own room. And we finally got those painted. I don't know if I talked about that in the last podcast I think I did so yeah I kind of regret that color a little bit it's very it's perfectly nice it's called cotton linen I just maybe wish I'd gone a little bit a little bit darker it's maybe a little white but whatever I'm going to put colorful things on the bar on the walls it'll be fine but there's some bare walls um and I've talked about putting quilts on them I've even gone through the quilts that I'm not using like is there anything I could hang up there and nothing seems quite right but my friend Tracy over at Joyfully Tracy, she mentioned to go check out Lisa Marie Quilts on Instagram, which I did, and to get some wall art, wall quilt inspiration. And she actually, Lisa Marie seems to buy patterns and make them and then sell them. And she frames them, which is very interesting. I don't think I'll do that, but it's very cool. 
But um, she has, it's, it's kind of fun to just look through the ones she has chosen and going, oh, that would be a good one. So I'm still kind of looking, last time I talked about uh, looking at Robin Pickens uh, patterns because I really like those. So um, I also want to get bedding established so I know what my color palette is in those rooms. So I'm still, still working on that. Um, and I'll talk more about where I am with those rooms at the end of the podcast. The other thing that I saw online that I thought was a very interesting way to decorate with quilts is somebody, and I, I, I'd have to look through my DMs because I know I sent it to people. Um, somebody had the idea of taking a, a piece of canvas like that you would paint on and creating a wall quilt that is exactly that size and then basically in whatever multiple ways you can do this tacking that quilt right to a piece of canvas and I think they even painted the 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 sides of the canvas I think it was a darker thing and maybe they were black but white could also work um and and then hanging that on the wall so it's just like this interesting way so it's got some dimension it's sticking out um and it makes it a little bit it seems I don't know a little bit more official than the way I hang quilts on a wall which is with thumbtacks usually um you know I know I can do the 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 rod and I might do that eventually but um I thought that was a very interesting thing and I might um I might try something like that eventually so as a matter of fact I've got this these uh canvas uh things in our loft which have musical instruments sort of prints on them and someday when that turns into my craft room maybe I will repurpose those into ways of uh of displaying small you know small quilts you can do whatever size you want but I I think they were basically maybe like a 12 by 12 was the what I saw and I just thought it was very very clever and while we're talking about quilting there's a couple uh, things I want to talk to you about some interesting products and some stuff that Fat Quarter Shop has sent me first of all have you guys seen the new Oliso M3 Pro Project Iron so they have you know I my love my Oliso iron the the big one that that pops up and it has a 30 minute shut off and a very long cord lots of steam it's just absolutely Oliso irons have been my favorite um, and I also have their little mini project irons which are so fun to especially if you were out in the part of your quilt project where you were doing blocks then having like a, a wool mat right next to you with the mini project iron to just quickly iron the seams for a block and then keep moving without having to get up and go over to the ironing board. I, I love those and I, I love both of those irons, but they have a new version of their little mini project iron. And first of all, they're super cool looking and they come in these great colors, but even better than that, um, hopefully I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna try one of these soon and then I can report back but they have um, a little LED light at the front that illuminates the, the tip and the fabric. So if you are really working on some detailed things, like if you're into applique or things like that, I think having a light on the end of your iron is frankly brilliant. Um, it's got this, this the super smooth diamond ceramic flow sole plate. It's got the very sharp little detailer print, dual steam. Um, it's, it's a, even though it's small, it's um, supposed to be a very powerful iron. Sometimes those small irons don't really get things flat or hot enough, um, but that's not the, the problem here. And it can also sit up on its end. So the, the, the little uh, project iron I have now, it comes with a silicone plate that you can just, you know, because Aliso irons, 
the big ones you can sit on the back but you know the whole thing is that they raise as soon as and lower when you touch or release them so you get into that frame of mind of leaving things down and so they have the small irons have a little silicone thing that you can lay your iron on well this um, I believe has that but also is built so that you can put it up on its end and it's got a 30 minute shut off when it's up on its end like that uh, 10 minutes when it's when it's down so um, anyways they are available for pre-order right now which is why i am bringing it up um and they are 65 dollars right now they will be 80 later on once they're released so i just wanted to give you a heads up on that i will give you put you a, a give you a link in the show notes um if you were interested in that and um yeah i'll keep you i will keep you in the loop on what i think after i get a chance to try them out i have every faith that i will love them because i have always loved all my aliso products since it's been a little while since I did my last podcast, um, I've gotten a couple of fun PR boxes from Fat Quarter Shop that I wanted to talk about. And it's a little bit of a backlog because uh, it's been a while. But one of the first things I want to talk about, um, they, you know, I love Fat Quarter Shop's mesh project bags. They are absolutely my favorite bags. They are the right size. They're cute. You can, because they're mesh, you can see through them and know what is in them, which I find very helpful. But now they have this new version and it's called the Big Hexy Project Bag. And it's mesh. This one, and the, the project bags are usually like a plaid pattern, super cute. This one has a hexy pattern on it, also very cute. It's a Lori Holt product, so you got the honeycomb kind of look to it. But it's so big, it is, uh, 18 and a half by 18 and a half even though that's what the the specs say but it's a little a little bit narrower at the top than the bottom so it's got a cute shape to it and it expands the gusset expands to four inches so it's like if you needed and it's got a it's got handles so it's like it could be like a tote bag so if you were taking a big project to a retreat um, or if you were bringing quilts to show and tell at a quilt guild meeting or even if you were like bringing something to a long arm or something like that it's really big could hold quite a lot so though super cute i'm just i can't wait to use it um i wanted to talk about that and you know i have not been uh cross stitching as much i'll talk about that in a minute but i have picked out um, some fall projects and one of them is the lori holt stitch cards set r which is very autumn themed there's a very cute pumpkin and a crow and a scarecrow and a sunflower and i'm for sure i've already pulled out the crow and the um, pumpkin and these are small like roughly what does it say it's a 36 inch 36 inch 36 stitch square design so they're small and i've always had this idea um because i'm not going to put a lot of cross stitch on my walls to do these smalls like that and turn them into little pillows and put them in my dough bowl that i got last year for christmas that i have not done anything with except have other cute things in it um so i went through and i was able to um use the floss that i have um you know i don't have exactly what is called for there but you know a lot of them it's like you want a, a light orange and a, a darker orange and a light green and a, a darker green you know so i was able to put together my own um little floss set to do those and then yesterday came the um the pumpkin floss drops you know i keep all my my floss on these little floss drops instead of pulling from the skein and so now i'm excited to 
take those floss, uh, that floss that I've pulled out for those projects and put them on the little pumpkin floss drops. And then um, they're also, um, sent. they sent me a, let me pick it up here. It's um, this big ring with a little, um, to keep your floss rings on, you know, so it's a, it's a ring for your floss drops and it's large with plenty of spaces and it's got this cute little um, enamel quilt block on it. And so it is called um, the Candy Car Thread Bling, which is just very cute. So just those little things that kind of make um, cross stitching just a little bit more fun to have that, that fun stuff. They're also come out with, oh my goodness, so many cute needle minders these days. So I've got the um, bee in my bonnet, a little bee one that is um, in white and aqua, very cute. But they've come out with this pattern that has been super popular for them. And um, it is the Quilted Witch. And there, it's a Lori Holt design. And there is a quilt pattern and a cross stitch pattern. And um, I will probably include these in a giveaway. Um, in the future, but oh my goodness, so the the witch in this um, little design, and of course I will put a picture and links in the show notes, has this big skirt that is um, like a quilt, like a patchwork quilt. So it is, it is adorable. Even the broom here has some integrated flying geese. There's a cat with a bunch of half square triangles, lots of stars. As a matter of fact, I see now that one of the stars in this pattern is um, the quilt block that is on the little thread bling ring. And there is a, um, so there's a quilt pattern and a cross stitch pattern. How big is the quilt pattern? It is, ooh, it's a big one. So this would be a very cute seasonal quilt. Finish size 76 and a half by 89 and a half. That's gotta be solidly queen size, I would think. And um, very cute and the cross stitch is well it depends on if you use 14 count ada it's basically 12 and a half by 15 and a quarter so you know it would be a, a good size to frame and put on your wall and then on top of it they did a super cute needle minder that goes with it it's it's a very big needle minder i do love a good needle minder um I know some people don't use them. They just kind of collect them. I'm not a collector, but I it is, it is really fun to have a needle minder that kind of goes with your project. So that has been really fun. So the whole quilted witch thing, if you're into that um, at all, this is a perfect time to, to get started on that. And again, I will put links in the show notes. And the other fun cross-stitch uh, pattern they sent are the Autumn Days Ornaments. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, they started this last year with these little ornaments for Christmas trees. So they're small, you can, and you can get from Fat Quarter Shop, these finish, you know, like, well, they can finish any way you want. You can turn them into little squares, but, um, or into circles. They all lend themselves very well to cir circles. And they have these little adorable pie tins that um, you, finish your um, little cross stitch onto one of these sticky circles and you put it into the pie tin and it can be um, Christmas ornament. They also did a set for Valentine's Day. Maybe there was a spring one, I'm not sure, but they have one for autumn here and it has, so they're, they're small designs, like 28 by 28 stitches, you know, and um, they how many are there there's, there's probably 12 includes 12 cute designs and um so they are there's like you know so one of them says i love fall one of them is pumpkin pie a pine cone of course a maple leaf and a pumpkin um just so many so many cute 
uh, little designs here. One has an apple and a mushroom and an apple pie. Very, very cute. So um, I will put a link in the show notes. If you, if you are a cross-stitcher and you're looking for just like these small little things to uh, put in a tiered tray or a dough bowl um, or however you decorate for, for the seasons, very, very cute. All right, let's move on to other crafts. I guess I've kind of talked about what I'm doing cross-stitch wise. I want to do those little stitch cards. I've also pulled out Autumn Love, which was the big it pattern last year <laughs> at this time from Fat Quarter Shop. And I never really want, it's, it's a very big cross-stitch and I never wanted to do the big thing because that's not me, but it has a lot of really cute smaller motifs So I um, that are very, uh, you know, fall. So I might do a few of those. So I pulled that out as well and my um, 25 count Lugana parchment. And um, we'll see if I can get on to, you know, finishing up some little smalls. And speaking of finishing up, I've got some things that I need to finish. Um, so last year I did a little bit of a bigger thing. I think it's about six inches. This pattern called Autumn College, not college, Autumn Cottage from Plum Street Samplers. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's it's a, it's a sweet, sweet pattern that I was going to just finish into a small pillow that I could put in the dough bowl or on a, on a bookshelf or something like that. And I still have my free, what was it called? Why can't I talk today? Flea Market Flowers, which is the one cross stitch that I definitely am going to um, frame. And so I need to think about uh, seeing if I can do that myself. I am hoping that I can find an appropriately sized frame. Um, so yeah, I've done some cross stitch and now it's time to actually finish them. Even though I really am with cross stitch a little bit more about process than product, I, I do want to enjoy the, the fruits of my labor. And um, knitting wise, I'm just still plugging away in the elementary shawl every once in a while. And I'm getting the urge to cast on socks, but I'm resisting that because I really want to just kind of finish some things. Um, and, you know, I've got two projects that I'm in the middle of hand quilting. And I'm mostly um, my hand-pieced hand quilt-along projects from a while back. And I would like to finish those. Um, and really, yeah, I, I need to stop buying things and, and use what I have and, and finish things up. And you know what? I've really learned that when you work on something consistently, it gets done a lot faster than if you just think about it. So I need to just get back into uh, uh, getting back into that sewing room and stitch, knit, whatever. So any of the things would be good. It's good for my mental health. It's a it's a good way to spend time. You know, I otherwise can sometimes really waste those evening hours, and I I, I don't want to do that. All right, let's move on to uh, TV. So my husband and I watched probably on Netflix um, the kind of docu-series. Um, we used to call them mini-series, right? Called or limited, what are they called now? Like a limited edition, limited episode series called Painkiller. And it is about the um, opioid crisis and the company who made OxyContin and um, it's got Matthew Broderick as the patriarch figure that for that company. It's based on a true story. And my eyes were opened. Um, I think I live a little bit in an insulated bubble about what is actually going on um, with opioids. And also how completely uh, horrible and terrifying it is. How many people who, um, you know, just get an injury, hurt their back, then so quickly get addicted like so so 
through no fault of their own, through their own biology, um, get addicted and then cannot get off these drugs. And it just, and it, like if they had never been injured, this nev- they never would have gone down that path. And um, I've, I've never been prescribed an opioid with all the kind of various surgeries I've had, but my husband has, and luckily really hated being on them. Um, now I feel like, oh, I'm so glad you hated that, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyways, it, it was an eye-opening um, show, so I definitely recommend that. And then we started watching Band of Brothers. You know, I've never claimed to be the first person on a TV show. It is like that show was about 12 years old. I am not a war you know, I don't like war shows. I don't like watching or reading battle scenes. So this is why this was never interesting to me. I love uh, like World War II stories about the women who were at home holding down the home front. Like that's my uh, deal. But um, it had come so highly recommended and, you know, I think because of the writer strike, Netflix really started to uh, shuffle up these shows that are older. And it does have some actors that I really love, like Daniel Lewis. But um, so we started watching that and my husband and I often watch a show at dinner, a habit that we absolutely did not have when we had children. And when they come home, we don't eat in front of the TV, but it's the one time we can bury, <laughs> I can be guaranteed to not fall asleep while watching a TV show um, as we're having dinner. Very quickly realized that Band of Brothers is not the show you want to watch while you are eating because it is very much, okay, so for those of you, who do not know? It is about. It is again. It is the the based on the true story of this group of paratroopers, um, the hundred and first airborne, I believe, that parachuted into Normandy, and that's where it kind of starts in a way. Even though there's some flashbacks earlier, and we're not done yet, but you know we're going to go through the follow them through the war. There's a very um, unique storytelling method is that every, I don't know how unique it is, but it's it's cool, that um, every episode focuses a little bit more on one character. Um, so you, you get the perspective of the guy who's in charge and the medic and just the, the lowly private or whatever. So, you know, and they were all having slightly different experiences depending on what their role in it was. I've learned so much um, but there is a lot of battle scenes. There are a lot of people getting blown up and having their legs blown off and just really some very horrible things, which I don't like to watch. But um, in some ways, I think it's good for me to be reminded of what war really is and how privileged of a life I have led to not have to um, to have not had to deal with this in a very firsthand way. Um, and so it's very easy to, um, you know, to disassociate from it, but this is making it more real and um, kind of ups my empathy and compassion. And now, I mean, we've got multiple wars going on in the world right now. I mean, big, big wars. Um, obviously, there's always some wars going on. But anyways, um, it's, it's, been, it's been a good experience, but don't watch it while you're having dinner is all I have to say about that. Um, we finished up Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, and oh my gosh, that was a wild ride <laughs> about about who did it. That is, I continue to highly recommend that show. So fun. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, and this last season, the third season, Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd. It was so much fun. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next season. 
So then we kind of ran out of things to watch that we could watch while we were eating dinner. So we've been watching Abbott Elementary, which is fine. It's okay. It is... Um, it was up for all these Emmys, which I was a little surprised about, but I just think that in some ways it is indicative of there's not a lot of competition in the 30-minute sitcom realm right now. And it's perfectly fine. It's laugh out loud funny sometimes. Um, so, but it's just kind of, it's it's meh, in my opinion. Cute, but meh. Um, so I think we're when we finish that one up, but now I'm committed. I have to finish it up. And, and you know what? It's 22 episodes. It's like an old school sitcom. No eight or 10 episodes there. So um, so, so that's been fun. We're going to cancel Hulu and then switch over to Apple, where I'm looking forward to the next season of The Morning Show and Ted Lasso. And I know there is something else on that channel that my husband wanted to watch. I can't remember what it was. So that'll be next for us. And then for the show that I'm watching, well, I should be like stitching or something, but I haven't been. I've just been sitting there watching it. Um, and I think I need to, when I, for my own little personal shows, I feel like I need to have a little bit of a rule about, you need to be sewing or stitching um, to, to, in, in, to enjoy these shows, to watch these shows. Otherwise, I just sit around and waste time. But my friend Patty over at Elm Street Quilts asked me if I had watched uh, Sweet Magnolias. So there's two shows that's been around for a while on on uh, Netflix, Sweet Magnolias and Virgin River that multiple people have um, suggested to me. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, they seem very sweet and lightweight. Um, and so Patty was saying she was enjoying Sweet Magnolias. So I, I started that. And it reminds me a little bit of... Um, Years ago, my guilty pleasure show was Cedar Cove, um, based on the series of books by Debbie, I want to say Macomber, but I don't think that's how you actually pronounce it, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, and that was a cute series with Andy McDowell, um, but you know, like kind of guilty pleasure, lightweight. And that's how I feel about Still Magnolias. It's about, uh, it takes place in South Carolina, this group of three women um, who have been friends since childhood and have all lived in this town called Serenity. And they're now all adults with uh, careers and children of their own. And um, it's their story of their friendship and all the things that happen in this this little town of Serenity. And it is super cute, and it's um, it's it's very wholesome. And what I kind of like about it, it takes place in the South, and they all go to church. And you know, it's like in that kind of ways, it kind of figures into their lives. And as a person who's you know grown up going to church, you don't see that on TV shows very often, I don't think. And um, so I find that very sweet. There's an episode where they all worked VBS, Vacation Bible School, which I have totally done. And like all my kids have gone to Vacation Bible School. And so it, it was just, um, it's just cute. It's a cute little show. Um, it's, you know, it's just easy to watch. So I, I do recommend it. There's three seasons of that and I'm on the third. Next up, let's talk about books. Have been doing some reading. Um, I looked at what I talked about last time. I think I talked about some books that I was going to read, but um, the, the most recent book that I really liked was by Ellie Griffiths. I'm in my, my Ellie Griffiths era right now, who um, is, a, is a mystery writer. And I read the third in her series with the, the detective Harbender Cower. And um, it's called Bleeding Heart Yard. And I enjoyed it very much. It's a little bit of a school story in that... Um, the, the 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 murder takes place at a 
reunion. And I thought this was interesting. It was a high school reunion celebrating 21 years. And it, it takes place in England. And I was like, do they do 21 year reunions in England? Somebody let me know because here, you know, it's 10, 20, 30, I'm like 21 years. That is an interesting time to have a reunion. But anyway, somebody dies and it's all about this group of friends from back in high school and um, what happened then and how it relates to what happens now and so it's kind of a it it, I really enjoyed it it reminded me a little bit of the book I read many years ago it's one of my daughter's favorite book by Donna Tartt called The Secret Lives and again it was like a boarding school it's kind of a dark academia theme Um, boarding school at the beginning you know someone dies and then you have to the whole book is kind of figuring out how they got there how that happened and um so Anyways, Bleeding Heart Yard, enjoyed that. So then I went back to Ellie Griffith's more famous series, the Ruth Galloway series, of which there are, I don't know, over a dozen books, I believe. I read the first one, which was called Crossing Places. And I'm like, okay, this is okay, but um, you know, maybe I get more into this. That's definitely how it was when I read the first Inspector Gamache series, which of course, you know, I love. The first one was like, eh, it's okay. And then I just kind of got more invested and got better the more I read. So I'm reading the second one, which is called uh, The Janus Stone. And one thing about these Ruth Galloway mysteries is that she's an archeologist. And so archaeology, you know, so figures into these, you know, people are digging things up and they find bones and they call Ruth <laughs> to come help with the, the case. And I'm, I don't hate it, but I'm not loving it. And um, so if you, if any of you have read the Ruth Galloway series and tell me, you know what, stick with it. You'll, you'll like them more as you go. Let me know because I'm kind of like, maybe Ruth is just not my thing, but when I was looking her up today, I found out she's got another series called the Brighton series. Um, and so I was thinking maybe uh, about trying that and seeing if that just resonated with more. Because I mean, I'm loving her more current series. So, you know, it just might be that um, the the heroine being an archaeologist and that figuring in so much into the stories is just not my thing. So if you are an Ellie Griffiths fan and you have some information, please let me know. Um... I've checked out a bunch of books from the library and and borrowed on Libby um, and not too many do I really want to report on because I haven't, I've just tried a bunch of things that I haven't really loved lately to be honest with you. So um, I did check out a book on Libby that was recently released by Brie McCoy and it's called The Cook's Book. Now, Brie is a, um, a woman that I know from Instagram just because I kind of, uh, she's in kind of that little, <laughs> little clique of, uh, of um, Kendra Adachi of the Lazy Genius and Laura Tremaine from many podcasts. Like there's a little group of them that, that I think have a little mastermind for their internet businesses. And um, Brie McCoy is the one that is really all about cooking. And um, I'm not sure I've ever made anything, but I do, I enjoy her, her channel. She seems like she's a, a good cook. And so she came out with a book called The Cook's Book and I got it on Libby and I didn't get through the whole thing, but I did enjoy it. It's really about, I mean, there are recipes in it, but it's, I, I feel like it would be really good for a new cook or someone who feels a little insecure in the kitchen because um, she talks just a lot about, um, about being in the kitchen and becoming a cook and understanding flavors and and ingredients and then um, she has 
recipes that sort of teach you um, things to look for. So here's a recipe, but here's what we're doing and why, and here's how you can tweak it. Um, so like there's a recipe for guacamole that teaches you all about, you know, like what something like acid, like lime juice or lemon juice will do to sharpen up the flavors of that. So it's, it's definitely a different approach to a cookbook. So anyways, um, I don't, I don't think it was right for me, but I did kind of think about buying it for my daughter. If I thought she'd get through it, do 20 somethings really want physical cookbooks anymore? I'm not sure they do, but anyway, so, um, if that looks interesting, you could go, you know, maybe check that out from the library to see if it's your kind of cookbook. I would have liked to have seen it in person, but I could only get it as an ebook. Two books that are kind of um, bubbling their way to the surface for me is Lessons in Chemistry, which I know was a big book club book last year. And I think there's a, there's a show coming out, I think on Apple, maybe it's already out. Um, most people I know liked it. Um, or really liked it. I think my friend Francis could not get through it. So I'll have to um, check that one out. Uh, but you know, it, it's a big hit and I need I need to have my own opinion about that. So that's going to be coming up for me. And then um, as well, as you may or may not know, I uh, my friend Francis Dell from the Off-Kilter, the Off-Kilter Quilt, I'm really stumbling over my words today. We have a weekly blog called the Empty Nest Chronicles, where we muse about all things uh, this this time of life. And in our last post, um, it's really all about time and how it's called Tempest Fugit. It's all like time, which means time flies. And we have a little, little bit different, I mean, obviously, as you, as you get older, we all know that time goes faster. Um, but the element of time that I've been thinking about more lately is just very morbidly, and I apologize for this, is, is how much time we have left. And that's because I, three people that I know, um, not, uh, not super close, but like friends and acquaintances, um, three people in the last few weeks in their 40s or 50s that I know have died all from cancer and all fairly quickly. And it just kind of rocked me a little bit. Um, and so that that's just, you know, I just want to, it just kind of made me think about making sure that I'm spending my time well here, you know, and spending it in ways that I, um, you know, are advancing relationships. Because I think we all know that relationships are the thing that are the, is the most important thing about life. And just making sure I'm nurturing all those but anyways, there is a book that was all, has also been very popular called 4,000 Weeks. And um, it's come recommended me multiple times. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I can um, read a book that's about, and the idea is that we all have about 4,000 weeks to live and how are we spending them. And that just seems like too, I don't know, I can do that. But my friend Sherry McConnell over at A Quilting Life, she messaged me and said, and we, Sherry and I are very alike. We have very we are like just uh, sisters of the of the mind and heart and um she said don't be afraid of that book it's really good it's not morbid at all so i think i might have to to uh, investigate that one as well so lastly i just want to give you a little progress update so one of my goals for this year was as i've already mentioned redo my two kids rooms and uh, we're here in October and I'm making some good progress. I, I think I'm going to bring it to the finish line. So the rooms are painted. We now have furniture in both rooms. The furniture in the, in the boys' old room is from a local furniture store. store um, and it's, it's like 
Amish made and I love it. There was a whole debacle of when they first delivered it. There was actually something wrong with every piece. Something piece, something was not what we ordered, either the finish or the style. So finally, they have come and replaced it all with our furniture and I was very happy with it. And I had one of those days that does not happen very often. So I, I needed to go out and buy, so no, it's, it's a bed and a nightstand and a chest of drawers. And I needed to buy bedding, which is always so hard for me. I just never can find anything I like. And some decor and lamps. And I went to TJ Maxx, Home Goods, and Target. And came home with a bunch of stuff. I had warned my husband, I'm going to come home with a bunch of stuff. Do not be alarmed. <laughs> because a lot of it will go back. I need to try things. Oh, and the other thing that I've been wanting to do for ages is to kind of figure out my throw pillow situation. I wanted to introduce, my house is kind of neutral, because, so I would could change up colors and then just never introduce the colors. So I've been wanting to do that, but not just have not found the right throw pillows to do that. And I hit just like throw pillow jackpot. <laughs> so um, between those three stores, I came home with four throw pillows that are in our um, family room, one on my bed, and I bought new bedding for our bed while looking for bedding for the other rooms. But, um, so that was nice because I needed some new bedding in here. Um, but for the boys' room, I ended up getting, um, you know, we, were, we went to Pottery Barn and we, I had this whole idea about what I was gonna order and it was gonna cost a bunch of money. And then none of it was going to be available till like late November. And I was like, forget that. I'll find something else. And believe it or not, I found a set of bedding from Target. From It's like the jo Joanna Gaines line that's blue that I like. I really like it. I think I like it as much as I would have liked the Pottery Barn stuff. And it's way cheaper. And if I don't like it later on, then I don't feel like I have, you know, invested so heavily in it. So I got some... Um, bedding on the bed there's even i got a throw pillow so that it's you know feels a little bit styled i found two lamps um and a, just a fun little it almost looks like a wooden jack or something you know it's like just a little decor thing i put, put some art books and put this little wooden thing on top um i moved a plant into that room um, so it's just like, okay, this room, it doesn't feel finished because all the walls are still bare and I need to, at least two, maybe three walls need something. Um, so I'm still mulling that over. When we did the bathroom, our master bathroom last year, we had some really good luck at art.com of finding a print that we liked and then they would frame it and send it to you. I say we had good luck and that we found things we liked, but twice they were damaged and then they just gave us, said, just keep them and we're going to refund you. And so they were, they were minor little things. Like I couldn't even tell you what the, the little imperfection was in the one that's hanging in our bathroom, but it ended up being free. But we ordered again another time and it worked out fine. So I might do some art that way and maybe leave one wall. I don't want to be overwhelmed with the chore of going, oh, I need to make quilts for all these rooms. Um, um, so that room's almost done. Now for Chloe's room, we went a little bit of a different direction. We could, So what we were looking for is a platform bed, more lightweight furniture, you know, meaning it's not a master bedroom. They are rooms that are not going to be used that much, so I don't want to spend a million dollars on them. Um, I love the quality of the furniture we bought for the boys' room, um, 
but we just couldn't find anything in that price range. And sadly, there I would have just bought, if there was another slightly different style from that manufacturer, I would have just bought that, couldn't find it. What we ended up doing is going less expensive, and we bought this set from this company called Grainline Studios. And I like the way it looks, but it was a lot less expensive. And it's um, when we got the stuff from the furniture store, you know, they brought it in, they set it up, they put the mattress on, they did all that. This was like they Grainline Studios. They we ordered, they sent it to us very quickly. We waited like five months from the stuff from the furniture store. We got the other stuff in a week, but we had to put it together. So it is. Quality-wise, like in terms, it looks good. I like the way it looks, but like when you're opening the drawers of the chest, it it's got more of an IKEA vibe, you know. But it seemed because it was less expensive, it seemed like less of a risk. Um, and like you know, if if we decide we don't like this, you know, we can hand this down to one of the boys as when they move out or or something, you know. Um, but so it's just all like standing in that room, like not in the right places right now. We went and bought a mattress yesterday. So I would love to go head out this afternoon and do the same thing, find bedding and lamps and some minor decor things to kind of get that uh, room into shape. I don't think we won't need both those guest rooms till Thanksgiving, but um, I'm not really enjoying the the pressure of the bedding and decor thing. So that's gonna have to evolve. And um, so anyway, so that is coming together. Um, once I, I wanna get stuff on the walls and stuff by the end of this year. And then part of next year's chore will be to go through those closets in those rooms, which are not horrible, but are gonna need some work. So, um, so yeah, I'm feeling excited. I feel like I'm making good progress on all the big things that I wanted to do this year. I'll talk more about that in future podcasts. Um, those other uh, big goals had to do with health and um, with uh, feeling like we were prepared in case of emergencies. So anyways, I just wanted to update you on that. And I think that's about it. If you do know of any place online or people to follow that have, uh, you know, for in interior design, um, you know, type of inspiration, uh, let me know that. I would appreciate it. No new reviews to talk about, um, but if you feel so inclined, I would love it if you popped over to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. It does help other people find it, and uh, I totally appreciate it. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day. I put everything in show notes so that you don't have to take any notes when you listen. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week.